Hi, I'm Connor. And I'm Jeremy. We're the hosts of an upcoming limited series, The Legend of Zelda Games Club, on patreon.com slash superNPCradio. We love the Zelda series to heart pieces. So throughout the year, we'll be covering the mainline Zelda games starting in April, running all the way through November. Subscribers at the $10 DJ Toad tier over at patreon.com slash superNPCradio will get an episode twice a month with some of the best Zoras, Hillians, and Dekus around. Not only are we covering the entire mainline series, but we'll also be going over or other Zelda topics along the way. That naughty little tingle might even sneak an episode for free every now and then. We can't stop him. We've tried. Want a deep dive on the hookshot? It's coming. Fascinated by Zelda clones? We're covering them. Always dreamed of a Zelda space solace? Well now, my Goron brother, it's happening. Check us out at patreon.com slash supernpcradio and subscribe at the $10 DJ Toad tier. We've got a ton of fun in store this year as we explore Hyrule, Termina, Koholint Island, and more. And don't forget, it's, it's dangerous, dangerous to, to go, go alone. alone. Take, Take us! us. Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game, the podcast where I, your host, Connor McCabe, bring on a guest to talk about a video game that is special to them from their past. We'll talk on the show as much about what not only made playing the game fun and memorable for our guest, but maybe also dive into a little bit of the context around how and when they really got into it for the first time, maybe even revisited it, who knows? I got to wait to hear from my guest on that. Uh, a little bit of housekeeping up top is that uh, we are on social media, so you should come say hi and engage with us there. We're on Instagram at call me by your game pod, and then we're on Twitter at call me by your game, but just the one Y. So B Y O U R. Um, you can support the show if that's something you want to do. Uh, you can rate and review us on the Apple Podcast Store or wherever you get your shows. If it's not there, then you can email or just DM me anywhere on social media and I'll read it on the show as long as it's not bigoted. Uh, you can also share the show with a friend, whether they love video games uh, in general or maybe even the game that we're discussing today. And you can also check us out on Patreon. You maybe have already even heard an ad for it, but we have a ton of great stuff going on over at patreon.com slash supernpcradio, including a monthly a book club style episode, more of like a group discussion version of this show. And most recently we talked about Super Metroid. Um, there's also a preview of that in the feed if you want to check it out. Uh, and that'll do it for the housekeeping. We'll finally introduce our guest. Please welcome to the microphone, Guardian and Loot Hero, Rod Benson. Welcome. You know, I figured you've been waiting to have the respect finally shown to you that you deserve by your two titles. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a good guy in that way. I really look out for my friends. You know what? You what you are is someone who took the care and patience to not introduce me as tall guy 
Yes. Or basketball guy. Because <laughs> I, don't, I don't need those two anymore. I've had <laughs> enough don't. of that. Other, any other superlative I am with. It was, you know, that immediately, Rod, makes me think of last Friday night when we were uh, in a public space together. I'll let the listener, um, you know, imagine where it could be. Let's just say it was a, it was an outdoor bar in Los Angeles. And I think I've heard you talk about this, whether it's on your show or maybe just, you know, being around you a little bit. But someone came up to you and the first thing they said to you was, you're tall. And you were so ready for that. You immediately just came back at them and were like, you're short. And it was just. I don't always say that response. Uh. You know, I was, I forget where I was yesterday, but someone said that you're a, you're a good brand of tall or something just randomly. Hmm. And I just said like, oh man, thanks. And then someone behind me said, you handle that really well. And I'm like, people don't get that the second comment is, is just as prevalent as the first. Like yes. there's the thing. And then there's a the commentary around it. It's, it's, so there's no response I can give to someone anymore that I haven't given so many times that it's not you know, it's not unusual to me. It's like rehearse, yeah. just depend on like, if I like the cut of your jib, you might get a little more. If you're an yeah. older black man, I might tell you my life story. Yeah. If you're a young white guy, I might be like, leave me alone. Like, yeah, I don't man. know. <laughs> oh, wow. You feel, uh, you sure feel like you got a lot of agency coming up to me at this bar and saying that person I don't know. Uh, yeah. Uh, what fun. I just, I did think about that this week and it really made me laugh. I was just a, hmm. uh, Really proud for how prepared you were. Like you said, you've seen that movie before, so you knew it was coming. Um, well, dude, thank you for being on the show. It's so good to have you. Uh, you and I know each other, like most people, through the Los Angeles comedy scene, the improv community. I'm positive that I met you, uh, pretty positive, when Lemon Pepper Wet first played Tuesday Night Thunder like over two years ago now, hmm. um, which I got connected through each of our arch nemesis Leonard Smith Jr. Um, <laughs> you got a shout out on his episode. So unfortunately, going to return the favor now. Um, that's how we know each other. But what do you want to share with the listener about yourself? And what have you been up to that you're excited about? Yeah. So in case it wasn't clear, I'm neither tall nor have I ever touched a basketball. So we can, yes, that we was can fabricated. X those two things out. Um, no, I'm a, I'm a professional artist. Uh, and I guess for some reason, maybe my face or my skin tone, people assume when I say that, that I'm like a DJ or a rapper, but <laughs> I mean it in the most traditional of senses, yeah. like an, a fine artist painter. Uh, I am a columnist for SF Gate, formerly with Yahoo, USA Today, Hoops Hype, um, and I'm an analyst for the Pac-12 Network. So I think sometimes when I tell people what I do and it's kind of all these things, they it like surprises them because... I think in this world, we're expected to just kind of do one thing. But yeah, uh, one thing that Leonard will get another shout out here that I've talked to him about and I try and preach to other creatives is there is no one way to create. So if you're doing mm -hmm. something, just like do all the things you can around it because you'll probably get better at your main thing as well. Yeah, that's interesting because it's also something I think I needed to hear today being at a well this is going to be the fastest I've ever pivoted to make the show about myself uh I'm just at a moment too where I'm interested in a lot of things but I've been apprehensive to lean too far into just about anything with the exception of maybe one path I guess so mm. you came on the show at the perfect time this is really good for me Rod 
Well, I mean, you're welcome, but I, you'd be surprised how many people, especially creatives, are in your position because, yeah, we have we have this idea of what our personal brand is. We have an idea of what, you know, things we should be doing to be successful. And I'm I'm just someone who goes the other way. Like, look, just do everything because a you'll probably enjoy it, and b yeah, it, it's it's why have less skills? Why have less fun? I just don't understand that that logic, but that's kind yeah. of what school is, is taught us is this over specialize and not, you know, get out there and try new things. Yeah. Kind of like you've got your lane and that's the only one available to you is maybe what is typically is like a typical belief or, and which is obviously not the case. You're a pretty great example of that. Um, yeah, dude, you're obviously, if anyone's seen your art or read anything you've done, uh, they, they can speak to how great it is and how unique it is. And you can really see, it's really cool to see, you know, you come out in that work, but where can people find this stuff? We can plug at the end of the show too, but I'll include links in the show notes. Uh, do you want to direct people to uh, any like social media or anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, you can find most of my work at uh, rodbensonart.com. Um I didn't enunciate that well, rodbensonart.com. <laughs> and uh, yeah, my my Instagram handle is my middle name, which a lot of people don't understand, but it's Z-S-O-R-R-Y-O-N. It's pronounced Jerion. Uh, and then boom, though, B-O-O-M-T-H-O on Twitter. Twitter is more the, uh, where I post the articles and mm-hmm. social commentary. And then Instagram is uh, more for the uh, pictures. Yeah. Awesome, dude. Uh yeah, this a lot of stuff that I've become very familiar with over the last year. Even though we, you know, we knew each other before the pandemic, it's kind of you're one of these many people now that I met in like 2019 and have now known majority during the the hellstorm that we're currently living in. A heightened hellstorm from what was before. So, uh You know why, right? Why tell me. This has nothing to do with the pandemic. Well, it does a little bit, but in the old days, of the UCB, the Herald and Mess Hall guys didn't talk to civilians like me. But once that all, yes. once that, once that building came toppling down, look who's friends now. Me and so many of these people, we're all, we're all just out here trying our best. Yeah, it's great that you recognize that because we did have a mandate from the theater, like you know, once you're, once you're this important, like don't give anyone the time of day. So I'm really thankful that that you know those barriers were broken so that I might be open to uh, talking to more people like yourself. But yeah, it is funny. He means black people. Yeah. um, I was a little nervous to say it, (laughs) listener. Uh, But yeah, we're going to be really just uh, breaking down all sorts of barriers on this episode. We're the perfect (laughs) pair to do that. Um, Yeah, dude. So it's been really great to get to know you. And thank you for sharing your stuff. If you want to bring up anything during the episode or if stuff comes up, feel free to shout it out. Um, Indeed. But... I do want to talk about your just general history with video games, which we're going to get into. But before that, will you tell the listener what game we're going to be chatting about for the main event? We will be talking about Destiny 1, the greatest game ever made. Awesome. Cool. Needs no more introduction. Uh, <laughs> I'm really excited to get into it. Well, But let's get into your history with games in general. Do you... Okay. I feel... I know we... I'm sure we briefly discussed it on your podcast almost a year ago as well, but I don't remember your history with video games. How did that start? Did you have like, did you, when did you take an interest in them? I guess for the first time. 
Yeah, so I have a relatively, I shouldn't say relatively, I have a very young mom. So I was born and when she was 19 mm-hmm. and, you know, her, her husband, all her sisters, they used to be big arcade people. Oh, okay. So my earliest memories um, of video games were, you know, the original Nintendo, but not myself playing it. It was, you know, my mom playing it. Mm. Uh, and it was just, you know, the Super Mario Duck Hunt combination. Yes. Uh, which I still don't understand how that technology worked for Duck Hunt. Honestly, I've been trying to figure it out. Every, every, it was so ahead of its time that you could point this thing at yes. the screen and it would somehow register shots. But um, so, yeah, I remember I like that's probably one of my earliest memories, like age three, because mm. um, I broke my arm on a jungle gym when I was four oh, no. and I couldn't go outside. And, you know, I started playing basically Mario to like and eat Captain Crunch or not. I started eating cinnamon toast crunch and playing Mario. I remember the, (laughs) I remember it was like the same day. I was just like at home just doing these things. And I'm going to forge a new path for myself and it's cinnamon toast crunch and Mario. (laughs) And and both were excellent decisions that have lasted with me a lifetime. I love it. Uh, Yeah, that was, that was definitely where it started. Okay. Very cool. Um, So they were arcade people where did you ever, did you, you know, after that, have you ever been an arcade person? Is that something you've enjoyed? Did you go with them ever? Uh, I'm old enough to have really experienced arcades mm. and watched them close down. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. I never had like the money to do arcades. Like, mm-hmm. so, you know, certain arcade games are impossible to beat on a few dollars. And uh I say that having, I have an arcade in my house now. I have a custom cabinet by a company called Polycade. Ooh, very uh, cool. Shout out to Polycade if you listen to this. I always yeah. rep you. Um, but they, uh, so I have like a thousand games on here. And, you know, The Simpsons. Um, there's uh, the original Ninja Turtles. Oh, I man. can put unlimited credits. Like this is a true arcade, so I have to add credits. Yeah. It takes like 800 credits to beat one of the, like, and, and two people to beat one of these games. So just thinking about the days when I would play it at arcade, it was like, it started to feel meaningless. I was like too rational as a seven-year-old to be like, (laughs) I have like four total dollars. I'm not going to beat one level of this game. So I think I need to get out of the uh, arcade business. How am I going to get the most out of the $4 that mom gave me as I headed over here? That's, that's great. Those things were designed to be coin sucks though. So it's like, it's. It's no surprise, and it's also why one of the reasons why games of that era, especially the ones that were both arcade games but also got ported to, like, the NES and whatever, why they are so difficult is because they didn't want you to be able to beat it in a sitting or one go. So that that checks out. Yeah, I wasn't a huge arcade person myself, but that's, that's cool. Um, okay, so you also had an NES. Did you play games throughout your childhood? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it definitely started with the NES, but um, I think the first system that really, you know, was my own was the Super Nintendo. And that was maybe fourth grade or something. And then I had, you know, I had friends who had the original, not PlayStation, but oh, the the Sega Genesis. Yeah. And so like we would, we would do sleepovers and we'd play at my house. You know, I had Ken Griffey Jr. presents Major League Baseball. Dude. Um, the original one. I think I had Frank Thomas Big Hurt Baseball also. Big okay. baseball guy back then. Um, and then, yeah, Mario 3. No, that was Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, yeah. Super Mario World. Super Mario World. There you yeah. go. And Mario Kart. So we'd play that at my house. Then we'd go to my friend Shane's house. 
and he had Sega TV, which, you know, any kids today don't remember Sega TV. It was like a revolution. It was like the internet before the internet. Again, I don't know how it was done. Are you, you remember Sega TV? Did you ever play it? It sounds familiar. Was this a way they would broadcast like games to your console? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And somehow you could play the entire Sega library using Sega TV. Again, I don't understand the tech. So ahead of its time, too. So the whole Sega side of video games was so far ahead of Nintendo, in my opinion. Mm Mm-hmm. The uh, the uh, the the handheld Genesis game. Oh, something. the Game Gear. Game Gear, yes. That was like full color and like great yeah. graphics. At the same time, Game Boy was like this two bit like <laughs> brick. It looks <laughs> like an etch a sketch almost. Yeah, and it was just like it was. I don't know. Sega was out of its mind, but um, yeah, I played. So I I played um, that, but then I think the first game that like really I started to like take to the streets was mm-hmm. probably Mortal Kombat Two. Okay. Um, because that that was the first game, that and NBA Jam, because these were midway titles, were the first ones where you had codes that could completely change the game and the codes were not accessible. So you'd have to buy the Nintendo Power book or whatever yep. book to get the codes. <laughs> and no kid had the goddamn book. Like no, nobody had it. So yeah. <laughs> if you were able to get your hand on some of these codes, you could just become a street legend. And so... You know, even just knowing what the fatalities were in Mortal Kombat 2 or how to knock someone into the pit of acid or in, in NBA Jam, like I used to have the code. I, I would enter. I mean, it's it's a bonanza because you have a countdown yeah. to enter in as many codes as you can. And then you could also enter codes when you enter your uh, the name you want to play as your initials. So if you entered like HRC and then did some combination, you could play as Hillary Clinton. If you entered <laughs> like, if, I know, right? Some other combination gave you Frank Thomas. So I would either play as one of those two characters. Yeah. Because those are the two codes I remembered. And then on the loading screen, I would enter codes where any two of three of these things, and by the way, it only affected your side. So the other side did not get these abilities. Yes. So you would get a full court like power-ups. So it would be yeah. like an eight-point shot at like three-quarter court. <laughs> and then you could get a full time on fire. So if I did those two, it was like, over. Just again, most of the time I was playing my brother, so it was just super unfair. I'd win like 400 to like 26 or something because I'm <laughs> on guy. fire. I can just goaltend. I can shoot threes with David Robinson for eight points. Uh, Kids <laughs> or if probably... I didn't do fire, I would do uh, full court dunks. So you could, again, you could do a dunk from the eight point shot and get eight points for that. So it just, it got off the rails pretty quickly, but that's how I, you know, dominated my neighborhood. Gosh, your kids in your neighborhood, people probably didn't believe them. They're like, no, I swear, he is Frank Thomas and Hillary Clinton, and his baskets are worth eight points. Uh, Just probably ruined some kids' psyche back then. That's so funny. Uh, Yeah, between that and Pogs, a lot of kids, kids would come to my house like crying, and my mom would be like, what did you do this time? Like, all I did was win. Is that a problem for me? I'm a winner. They don't have the mental fortitude, mother. Yeah, sorry. I don't know. Victor Nicolutius, that's a real name. My brother's friend. Wow. She's not out. a winner, mom. I don't know what to tell you. I'm the big winner here. <laughs> One of the best names I've ever heard on this show. I love getting, we do get random like childhood friend shout outs or friends, a friend like that. And Victor Nicolutius. That's it. That is, that is a name of names. That's pretty good. Okay. So dang. So those, it was it like the, um, I mean, maybe if you know, was it like the competitive nature of those games? Was it trying to like see was it the co- like the intrigue of these codes that got you? Do you remember it all? Yeah, it was it was really the competitive nature. Um, 
again, there's a reason why I mentioned pogs, like whatever mm. it was, especially between me and my brother, we were competing. Yeah. And, you know, it'd be funny because sometimes he'd get close to beating me at something and it forced me to like adapt and learn some new thing that he could never learn. And I would go way out of my way to like, again, you had to have the book to really, you know, go somewhere. So, you know, I would specifically like befriend kids who had the bright books, even if I didn't really like them and then go to their house and like write them down and try and memorize these codes and bring them back to my brother where it's like, now it's on and cracking my guy. Like you, <laughs> you yeah. start to get close, but it's over for you. And meanwhile, Tommy Nelson is like, uh, Rod, are we friends? Or was that a one-time thing? <laughs> no, Tommy Nelson, we're not <laughs> friends. I'm sorry. That's, uh, that's so great. It's almost, you know, I mean, I obviously know you in your post-playing days, but like it's al- almost no surprise that you are competitive and really, I would guess that adapt adaptability is a strength of yours. Um, and it seems like it's like, oh, you were do- already developing these skills <laughs> At a young age. Yeah. And I think that most of the video games I've ever really gotten into involve some form of like, there's not a cap on how good you can get. Mm-hmm. So keep trying to find a way to be better at it. Um, a story I tell all the time, if we jump forward a few years is, sure. you know, I went camping with my, my next door neighbor. His name was also Chris. Like my brother's name is Chris. And I mean, he must've been 16 and I was 15 and he brought, he had the original Game Boy, which at that time was like way out of date. Yeah. Um, and mind you, like I really looked up to this kid because he was older, but he also like had like, he was one of those kids who just grew up with a single father. So he like started dating really early and like, so he was just like way ahead of the curve. He yeah. used to like describe like breasts to me and he'd be like, oh, they're so good. I'm like, are they? Like, <laughs> man, wow. If only I knew. <laughs> but uh, so he, he brought this old uh, uh, Game Boy with Pokemon Red. Oh, wow. And I just remember clowning him like, bro, I look up to you. Like, what are you doing playing this like dumb game? And one day, like during the camping trip, something happened where I was just kind of like alone. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't want to do an activity with the families. And I picked this up and started playing it. And man, like, I don't think I ever gave it back to him. Like I, (laughs) I, I just ended up, you know, I think I beat the, you know, the, Final four, I forget what they're called. Yeah, now. the elite four. The elite four. There we go. I like that you're like really indexing this for me. Oh, uh, I beat the elite four like during that trip. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, well, what's next? And at the time you could um, connect Game Boy to Game Boy via a cord, but no mm-hmm. kids my age were playing this. So I'd go to like local parks oh. and just like beat up on like nine year olds. Yeah. You know, with my like level, you know, 60 Charizard or whatever, but. What I what I discovered again because there there wasn't a way to really search this like internet you could now do some searches but it mm-hmm. was very difficult to find information yeah um, you know once I discovered that rare candies could get your Pokemon up to level one hundred then it was on and cracking so I, I mean I <laughs> I made all these guys level one hundred and I was completely untouchable until. You know, and by the way, at this point I'm now like a junior in high school. Like this uh-huh. is like over like a year and a half span. So like. I'm on the basketball team and all this stuff and like, but I'm not participating in anything social. I'm just playing Pokemon. Yes. And, wow. and my, uh, my mom taught at my high school she taught special ed. And so one day I go into her class, you know, after school and I'm waiting for it, I'm playing and one of her students, I think his name was Chad or something. 
Chad was the first person who introduced me to the idea that like autistic people could be geniuses. Yeah. Like, like truly, I didn't know that was possible. Cause he like, Chad was clearly like, not like, like he was clearly on the spectrum, but he's mm -hmm. like, Oh, I have this game too. And I was like, Oh, let's play. I'm like, I'll take any victim. Yeah. <laughs> All his Pokemon 100. Can't believe he what I'm about to do to Chad. beat the brakes off me. Like, yeah. Oh my God. And what it forced me to do is like analyze why I got beat and go home and try and get better. And we ended up playing, me and Chad played Pokemon at lunch. This is no joke. Almost the entirety of my senior year of high school. Wow. We'd meet behind these bushes and Chad was so good. Like I couldn't use rare candies because your guys couldn't get as strong if you use rare candies. Yes. So I'd have to like, he'd beat me in some way or I'd beat him in some way. And we'd both go home and figure it out. And I'd have to like, I started raising Pokemon types that were like, you know, I, I was only interested in types that were could defeat two other types. So yeah. I didn't just use straight water types. I would use like a star me because mm -hmm. it was psychic and it was water or yes. like a Psyduck sometimes or, you know, Alakazam, like almost all my, or Executor, all my Pokemon had psychic and elemental abilities and I would raise new ones. I'd like go find, I'd catch like 20 at night, yeah. see which ones had like the strongest like speed value. Wow. And then raise them to a hundred like that night. And come back and play Chad. Every, and people are like, when I tell people I was a virgin like a year into college, they're like, no, you weren't. I'm like, you don't know my history, cuz. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know how many executors I raised from executes. Oh, my so gosh. So many. That's, that's so great. It's, it's really cool to hear how uh, in-depth you went and how much attention was paid to that. Because I know those things, too. Like, yeah, rare candies can get you up there, but they don't your, – your ability – I guess your – that points your attributes don't go up as much so dang you were really ahead of the game there and especially in that first gen when psychic was like overpowered like yeah it behooved you to have a couple of those guys on your team yeah yeah but like i said it was like it was like competitive and pokemon really opened that up because there were so many ways to do it mm -hmm. um i will say for anyone who's interested i think my final like my best six because it's based on speed also yeah was oh yeah Mewtwo, gengar Executor, Starmie, Charizard, and and the other spot was a rotating spot. That was the spot that always I wanted to go for speed most yeah. often because if you got the first strike, you're always good. I wonder if it was yeah. like uh, Electrode because I think Electrode's the f I remember Electrode being like the fastest in that first one. I hated Electrode. So Electrode couldn't take any damage though. Yeah, it, he's like a what do you call him? Like a glass. Oh, Gollum. Gollum. Oh my gosh! Yeah, rock Gollum and ground. Six one. So that yeah, and then and then like luck of the draw. Whoever pulled whatever out first, you know, a lot of yes. times. At that point, we were just both so good. It was like just depending on what move you made first, you'd yep. win. Yeah, if someone, if you miss, you're screwed. If you can keep them asleep for another turn, like you're you're in. Uh, man, that's so much fun. Wow, what a cool story with you and Chad. So. Um, did you continue playing like games into college would, and I'd love to like sort of start to catch up to now if we can. Yeah. So, I mean, I definitely played a lot in college. I mean, but decidedly less college was hard because of basketball. And also like, I was like hoping to meet a young lady at some point yeah. in my life. So don't we all, <laughs> it definitely slowed down, but I think that's when the sports games really started becoming bigger. Yeah. Um, not the games themselves, but just when you're around a bunch of college athletes, everyone just wants to play Madden. Yes. Um, and at that Live, time, like maybe. NBA Live wasn't that good yeah. and NBA 2K was still like relatively new. So 
Um, Madden was like the main game. Uh, and I got quite good at that. I was actually, this is like now a year after college, but I was, uh, I was a top 500 Madden player in 2008. Wow. Um, 2007, 2008. And it was crazy. So my record was like 77 and one on online play. Jeez. And then, and then I was, yeah, I was ranked like 496 in the world or something. And then my, uh, one of my teammates came in drunk and played like three games on my account at night and lost all three. <laughs> and I fell to like 7,000 or something. And then I like, and this was like, this led to the dark period for me, but essentially I was talking to some girl like, and I was fuming and she's like, so like what happened? And I told her the story and she's like, oh, so what does that mean? I'm like, it means I'm like ranked 7,000. She's like, well, what does that mean? And I was like, I fell like 6,500 spots. And she's like, okay, so what does that mean? And I was yes. like, these are great questions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should just stop <laughs> devoting all my time to this. Yeah. And I really just stopped playing. I didn't, that was on what, Xbox 360 or something? Yeah. And I literally just like shelved it and yeah. just focused on like other stuff at that point. Cause I would, I would overinvest in these games and get so good, but there was no like, being top 500 in the world in Madden is huge. And now you might make some money off that. Although like you probably really have to be like top 50 to make money. Yeah. But it was just a bragging right that like no one knew about and it didn't matter. And I just like the Pokemon thing, like me and Chad played, but it didn't matter. Right. So at sure. a certain point I was just like, dang, I guess I should just stop. Like yeah. I can do so much more with my, with my life. Then <laughs> keep yeah. doing this. And yeah, that, yeah. So I, I didn't own a system after that for like years. Gotcha. Um, that's, yeah, I feel like almost everybody who comes on the show has like a dark period or a time where, or an extended period or multiple times where you're not playing as many things. Um, how about like recent memory for you? Maybe the last few years, have there been any games besides, obviously I know we're going to talk about Destiny later, but any other games that you've really enjoyed? Yeah, I really enjoyed, uh, now grant, granted I haven't played a ton. But mm -hmm. I did play Breath of the Wild. Um, oh, really? Which was awesome. I mean, it's just so immersive. Again, it's one of these games where you can just keep finding stuff and keep building. So I would just kill those like lion horse things like yes. over and over again to try and get their <laughs> loot. But that, I mean, that ran its course. I put like 300 hours into that though, yeah. probably like between team buses in Korea and whatnot. Um, Watch Dogs 2, oh. which I only got because it had a black protagonist. Yeah. And I, and I loved it. And it was like the streets of San Francisco were really um, well done and interesting. So um, I dove into that. And then Spider-Man Miles Morales uh, on the PS5 is just like, I never played the original Spider-Man because mm. I was an Xbox guy. So um, playing that was like illuminating. I was like, this game is like so awesome. Like, I don't know if you played it at all. I did. I'll, yeah. yeah. The ending, it's like, it's like as good as the movie. I was like crying. I was like, just do it. Just do it. Like finish it off. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't believe how much the, that game moved me, man. That was so good. And, um, since you haven't played the original, I'll let you know that, um, I actually prefer Miles Morales because as much as I liked the other game, it's like a 60 plus hour, huge open world adventure. I really liked that this was like 15 hours and more focused. Um, mm. It was so much more satisfying to me. And also Miles' character, Peter's fine in that series, but like Miles is so much more interesting and like lovable. Uh, so 
that game was just yeah that was like my fall last year it was so good it was so i think you really touched on something there i think miles is a character especially in the video games because i think the tom holland spider-man is an excellent character but Mm -hmm. even in the into the spider-verse it's just there's so much more depth because of some of the cultural stuff they can do yeah and you know i think i like i completed some challenge where i got like a black lives matter suit and i was like no yes. way they put this in the game this is so awesome like yeah it like just is everything i ever wanted to do this game like gave to me yeah like the story with his like uncle where it's like you make like beats out of like sounds in the street and stuff mm-hmm. it's like it's just such a cool way to do it and me especially as an artist so much of, like the graffiti stuff in that game and it was yeah. just it's so cool yeah yeah it, it had an impact uh, seemingly they which you know went beyond the game just like the game and the gameplay itself which is really cool uh cool dude well if there's nothing huge that you you know left out that you have to talk about um I could I take us to break story. I could tell oh, one more story oh please 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 now the question is how long do I have to tell this story cuz it's it's pretty epic oh uh let's Let's give you, can I give you a five minute clock on this story? Five minutes. All right, five minutes. Cool. I have to ask that because it can get out of hand. Yeah, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) But, you know, I kind of, I almost forgot to mention this as I was talking about the 500 Madden ranking, but, you know, I completed that Madden ranking on the Xbox 360, which was Mm -hmm. the first console to come out that I remember where it was like lines and it sold out immediately. Yeah. And, you know, the, I think it first dropped in like October, 2005, Mm -hmm. um, and I went to pick one up just like a normal person. It was like, bro, this sold out like yeah. last week. <laughs> so the second drop was like November, like late November, 2005. And this time I had a whole plan. I went and like camped out in front of the Best Buy. Mind you, it's like my senior year of like college basketball also. Like I should not have been doing this. Are you, but in, I, are you in like a Berkeley, at a Berkeley Best Buy or something like that? I'm at like the that? Best Buy in Emeryville, California, Emeryville. Which is right next let's to Berkeley. Go. Let's go. <laughs> so, so, uh, my teammate drives me there in my, I had my mom's minivan at the time, green Nissan Quest. He drives me there and drops me off to take the, and takes the car back. Cause I guess you can't park or something. And I camp overnight and halfway through the night, it starts like raining super hard. I don't have any cover. So I'm just like oh, no. soaking wet, but I get my Xbox 360. When he picks me up in the morning, I throw all these wet blankets in the back of the car and we go like straight to the gym. Like I've got practice and we have to leave for like a game. Like, Oh no. Like, so I didn't even get to play it. Like the first, no, I think I did bring it with me on the trip, but yeah. So when we get back from the trip, the car is just like moldy and smells like ass because oh. all the wet blankets have been in there. <laughs> no. And there was this, uh, I didn't have like, I spent all the money I ever had on this system. So like yeah. I didn't have money to just go get it like detailed. There was this homeless guy who used to just be around, but he was like our age. Yeah. And, uh, and he was good friends with this woman I was like trying to like hook up with or whatever. So um, I knew him a little bit and he, I was like, yo, will you like clean my car out if I give you like 10 bucks? And he's like, mm-hmm. oh man, no problem. So like, but this is like, now we're in like full season mode. So like, yeah, I'm gone a lot, like Wednesday to Sunday and I'm not really like paying attention to like the car. Like I come back and I'd be like, oh, like did you clean it out? And he's like, yeah, but I, like, I noticed something with the muffler, like I'm upgrading your, your car and all this. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm really muting the story, but you know, months have gone by 
and I like still don't really even have the keys. <laughs> and like I lived in this building where there's a parking garage underneath, but you yeah. could like see through the gate. Like the gate would slide open and you could see the car. So people would like report to me like, yo, bro, your car's like missing. And I'd be like, uh, okay, like I don't have time to deal with this. I'm yeah. trying to like <laughs> go professional. So, yes. Like fast forward six months, the car just hasn't even been there in like a month. Oh no. Like it's just been gone. And now like the season's over. So I'm like, where's this guy? I don't even remember yeah. his name. I think it's Donovan or something. Where's this car? Where's Donovan? What's going on? One day it's, it's back. And I'm like, thank God. Like finally, you know what, no matter what's going on with the car, I'm just going to go take it and you know, whatever. And I, yeah. and I open it up and it's just filled to the brim with just like trash. No, like a true, like homeless house trash, oh, no. but it's parked in the garage. And I'm like, you know what? doesn't matter. Okay. I'm just going to deal with this. I'm going to yes. drive it out. I started up and the engine goes like, and like it turns off <laughs> and I close the car. And I just, I just walk out. I'm like, well, I, I fucked myself here. I've, there's nothing I can do about this. So I, I, a couple days later, I, I go back out and the car's gone. And wow. finally I get like a, 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 I get a letter in the mail from, like the city of Berkeley, like yes. your car has been towed and impounded. I guess Donovan took it and put it somewhere it wasn't supposed to be. No. So now I have to tell my mom that the car has been impounded because it's in her name. Yes. And she's like, well, like I'll send you the documentation, but you got to figure it out. And the reason I tell this whole story is because I then had to um, sell the Xbox 360 no. <laughs> to get the money to get it out of the pound. Cause it, I mean, it took me a few days. So it was like a $500 bill or whatever. Uh, and when I did get it out, it was way worse than before. There was like flies buzzing around. There was like, I think he might've taken a shit in there. Like, honestly, yeah. like, but I got it at the pound and like the pound people are like looking at me like this guy, you're the guy who owns this piece of shit. Like, it was a relatively new Nissan quest, like, but it still, it looks so bad. And I start to drive it off and it dies. It runs out of gas. And this guy is like siphon gas out of an RV, like on the streets of Oakland, like, like way down in Oakland, like 120th or something where it's yeah. like, it's like a rougher part of town. And it's like a hundred degrees out. Everything's concrete. And this guy's just like sucking gas into my car and I get it home. <laughs> and I like, I spend the next two days just washing it out, like top to bottom. Yeah. I can't fix the engine. I don't know what he's done to that. And I list it on Craigslist and sell it that day for like, three grand wow. and I buy an Xbox 360 again Yes, <laughs> and send my mom the rest of the money. Like, here you go. Like you can, I'm sorry. I like, ruined your works. car. This is like a, a 5% of what it was worth. I'm so sorry. I can't believe you got out from under that thing at the end of that story. That, <laughs> wow. What a ride. Like, and you actually ended, I'm, I'm so happy that you ended up with the 360 <laughs> after that. Gosh, well, ooh, hope Donovan's doing all right out there, upgrading cars and stuff. Haven't seen him since. Oh, man. Wow. Well, I'm really glad you decided to include <laughs> that story. <laughs> wow, what a trip. All right, well, let's take our break, and then when we come back, let's talk all about your experience with Destiny.
Hello, my name is Jeremy Schmidt, and I host a podcast called Video Games, a Comedy Show. We pretend like we are morning radio DJs within the Mushroom Kingdom for exactly five minutes per episode before dropping it all together. We cover topics like our favorite video games to take on vacation, the birthday roast of Mario, favorite Desert Island PS2 games, and infinity more episodes. If you like to hold a controller and are prone to laughter, well then Buster, I've got hours of stuff for you. Check out Video Games, a Comedy Show anywhere podcast can be found. Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game. Here, of course, with Rod Benson getting ready to discuss Destiny. Rod, welcome back. Thanks. Happy to be back. Good. Um, like I said before, I'm going to get into some of the history and context of this game for the listener, just in case they're not familiar, even though it's a pretty popular and modern franchise. Uh, if you want to interrupt or interject or add anything on to this, please do. I'll try to leave space at times and even if i don't feel free to jump on in if you'd like um but here we go destiny is an online only first person loot shooter developed by bungie and originally published by activision it was released on september 9th 2014 for the ps3 ps4 xbox 360 and xbox one consoles um something i already sort of want to bring up about that was i quite vividly remember the marketing for not just the new consoles which came out and i think like holiday 2013 but that there's this game called destiny coming yep. uh yep. do you remember that as well yeah the ads were epic they were i mean they showed no gameplay but it just looked yeah. like what is this like what yes. am i seeing here because they're teasing it in just the right way where and then it's Somehow it already run all these awards. I'm like, they haven't even made the game yet. How does it have like a hundred of these little wreath things yes. on the on the on the poster already? It was wild. I mean, they. It's funny because like that is always confusing. Like, what is this? Just like uh, preview show awards. Like you might remember uh, from last year, uh, Cyberpunk 2077 yep. had all these like game of show awards, like countless. Like I had like 200 awards and that thing was one of the biggest disasters to ever release. Mm. So yeah, those that's always a little confusing. This game thankfully had a little bit of a different uh, uh, destiny. Yeah, well, I guess there after <laughs> after that all happened. Um, and I do remember it being, you know, right as like the new consoles came out. So it was on both. Um, destiny marked Bungie's first new console franchise since the Halo series. Uh, another space shooter um, set in a mythic science fiction world. The game features a multiplayer shared world environment with elements of role-playing games. Activities. Yeah, that's, desk- that's interesting when yeah. you say these words, because you also start out by saying first person looter shooter. I didn't know any of these terms. Like yes. I just knew like first person shooter. And so I think destiny specifically called itself like a, FPS MMORPG. And yeah. I was like, why does it need nine letters? Like, what, yeah. what do the other six mean? Like, I know, I mean, I know what RPG means, but yeah. how is that an FPS? And what is yeah. MMO? Like, I, I literally sat with myself and had to look up all these terms before I got the game because I was like, I'm very confused on what that means. Totally. And like, even the term loot shooter, I think, was popularized because of this game. I'm almost certain. So it's another term that was like, I probably even five years ago in this game is out, I would have been like, what the hell are you talking about? Mm. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Um, it, uh, Oh, activities in destiny are divided among player versus environment PVE and player versus 
player game types, PvP. Uh, are both of these uh, another set of uh, letters familiar to you? I mean, now they're ingrained in my head, but yeah. again, like it's it's crazy because I just said all the games I that I just listed yeah. and how good I was at them. And this game was introducing words that I had no idea what they meant or why like everyone took them as shorthand. Like even, I mean, when I started playing there, they used to say, um, oh, they like nerfed this weapon. I was like, sorry, what? Yeah. <laughs> they did what to what? <laughs> they uh, fo- uh, Squishy footballs? What does this have to do with anything? Yeah. Uh, gosh, and now all the terms I just have in my... Uh, useless lexicon of video game stuff is is out of control. Um, in the game, though, uh, players take on the role of a guardian, protectors of Earth's last safe city, as they wield a power called light to protect the city from different alien races. Um, uh, I've I have played the first Destiny. I mm-hmm. it was like all solo stuff. I must have played it in honestly like. 2016 a friend let me borrow the xbox 360 disc which i still have from them um but as far as the guardian remind me is this something you would also heavily customize your character not only like look but class yeah so when you choose your guardian it is by um is class the right word? I don't know. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, there's three. The thing is you can customize to a point. So once yes. you choose what your guy looks like, that's what that person's going to look like for ever. Yeah. So even on Destiny 2 now, my main character is still what I did that first day. Wow. Kind of BSing, thinking like, <laughs> oh, like, well, I'll just make a guy real quick. Like, yeah. So it's it's funny. Like, if you were to buy it now, I'd be like, be careful. Like, your guy's going to have green hair and a star on his forehead for a decade if you yeah. if you don't like it you Too might bad. want to reconsider <laughs> that's so funny okay cool i because i had like a month's experience with it i totally i couldn't remember so i'm probably going to be asking for a lot of refreshers as we go through this um uh back to the history and context uh, guardians are tasked with reviving a celestial being called the traveler while journeying to different planets to investigate and destroy alien threats before humanity is completely wiped out um and after this initial launch uh kind of like destiny 2 has had a bunch of this uh, a handful of expansions followed the games uh yeah their the initial drop um upon its release destiny received generally positive reviews with criticism centered mostly around the game storyline and post campaign content um which didn't really matter because it won several Game of the Year awards, and in its first five days, apparently, sold over 325 million. I guess that's that has something. To, that's how many copies they sold led no to that way. amount of money. No which, way. That must be dollars or something. 325. It's not even what. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I'm not exactly <laughs> sure there. Uh, yeah, there, <laughs> there were ten copies sold, and it made 325 bucks. Uh, um. Obviously, this game, since this point, has been succeeded by Destiny 2, which is still being actively supported, and I think you can even just download for free on the modern consoles and it's go from now, there. Yeah. Free, to, free to play. Yeah. Uh, another another newish term in the last 10 years, mm-hmm. um, at least for me. Um, yeah. Well, as far as just like general history and context with this game, before we dive into your stuff, is there anything important that you would like to include? Yeah, I think that, again, you mentioned the marketing. The marketing was everything. 
Um, and I think that it's important to note also that Bungie, you know, they created Halo, like you've said, but at this point they were no longer doing Halo. So yeah. that was a big part of the marketing also was that like, if you liked Halo, like we've gone bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why so many people were into it initially, because I think at this point, Halo had kind of fallen off. I mean, Halo is still a big title, but it's like, it's based on um, nostalgia or like, you know, it's kind of history more than like what the games are offering at this point. So I think a lot of people were looking for that Halo magic mm-hmm. and they thought Destiny might deliver it to them. And as was I, and I was totally surprised that this, it's like nothing like Halo. Like on some level it is, but it's not, it's not Halo at yeah. all. It's just, aliens are the only part where it really crosses over. Yeah. Um, even though it's probably easy to be like, oh, space shooter, bungee, first person thing, same exact thing. It's, yeah, it's quite different. And you're right. Halo, even at this point, had dropped off. I Halo 4 came out in, I want to say, like November of 2012. Um, so about a year before the next consoles launched, almost two years before Destiny. And as much as I loved that game, because uh, oftentimes when I play a game for the first time, I'm just, uh, in, just in love with it and it's great. Uh, it is not a very popular game and considered to be one of the lower ones in the series mm. and still is riding the nostalgia coattails. And we'll see Halo Infinite's coming out uh, supposedly this November. Uh, fingers crossed for, I think it's 343 who does that now or whatever, but yeah. Thank you for, I, that, I'm i really glad we included that. Thank you, Rod. Um, cool. Well, let's get into your history with this game. Uh, in any context we might want to talk about. How did you, I mean, you talked about the marketing, you remember it. Was that what got you to buy this game or how'd you get there? I mean, in a way, yes. But there's a reason I I mentioned that I had given up video games. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it's true. In 2008 or whatever, when I lost my top 500 Madden ranking, I sold or gave away my 360. I might have given it to my little brother and I didn't. I swore that I would never buy a console again because I was like, that's when I actually started like achieving a lot in life also. I mean, um, I was writing for Yahoo at the time and I was making these videos and I was, you know, it was like, I was like, I'd rather use my free time in this way. And I think I've outgrown the time put into something that doesn't have some sort of like real life return for me. Yeah. And what eventually changed that was that I, I bought, you know, a condo uh, and you know, at that point I, I didn't own any furniture or anything. And mm-hmm. it was, you know, I know it's going to sound, but like, honestly, I was just blessed to have been playing basketball at this time where like, I literally just bought a whole apartment full of furniture. Yeah. And so, you know, I went and I just wanted the best TV Best Buy had. And they're like, it was the time that, that curve TV had just come out. The curve. So 78 inch <laughs> curve. And it was like stupid expensive for like something I would only use for like three weeks before I had to go back overseas. <laughs> But I was just out here trying to stunt. You know what I mean? I was out here trying to feel good. Where were you at this time? Were you up in the Bay Area still? Were you down no, here? No, no, no. This was in a, this is at Hollywood and Vine. Okay, like, gotcha. Right next door to the Pantages, actually. Yeah. Um, so I'm at Best Buy and I and I say, I want the TV. And the guy's like, all right, well, you need like, do you want a special sound system? And Sonos had just come out. And I was like, hell yeah, hook it up with the yeah. Sonos. <laughs> then he's like, well, you're going to need a like a Blu-ray. And I was like, 
yeah, I guess so. Like, it's funny. Cause like, I think today I wouldn't even, I'd be like, no, I don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I, if it was today, I might not have, I might've just ended the story might end there, but, um, because it's 2014, I was like, yeah, I guess you're right. What's the best like Blu-ray. And he's like, honestly, it's probably the Xbox one, hmm. which at this point had been out for like a year. And I really like, I remember being in Best Buy, like talking with my friend. I was like, you know why I gave up video games. Yeah. He's like, I know. I'm like, you know, I don't want to go back. He's like, I know. I told you all about what happened to me and Madden. <laughs> but if this is the best way to get the most out of this TV, then I should get the Xbox One. Yeah. Um, so I got it. And then like, yeah, all that marketing was like swirling in my brain. I was like, because I got like a few DVDs because it could like do 3D stuff. So I got like Life of Pi in 3D or whatever and some like interstellar gravity or something. And I was like, I guess I'll get a game in case I get, you know, bored. And yeah, Destiny was just, had just came out or something or, you know, or maybe it was going to come out. Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. I'm I'm not telling the story correctly. I just got the, the, the um, whatevers and then when I was overseas, because now my season has started again. So all this, this Xbox and everything is sitting at my new house. And my homie was like, oh, I want to get you a game, you know, for your birthday, because my birthday's in October. And I was like, yeah, I mean, the only game I even know of is Destiny. So he bought it for me. And when oh, I nice. got back to the U.S., um, which was earlier than normal. So what happened was this year, and this is a way longer, different story, but... I got fired from my team in Korea. Essentially, they were BSing me and I got mad and like threw a tantrum. And I, so I, instead of being gone till the following April, I came back like early October and Dang. the game was like waiting for me. So I, you know, I popped it in and started playing and <laughs> everything changed at that moment. Like I was, <laughs> I was basically unemployed for like 10 months and had yeah. this game and it just took off. Wow. Dang, that is crazy. And did you, okay, I'm sure we're going to, we'll probably get there, but I'm already like, oh, did you ever go back? Was that the end of your career? <laughs> um, okay, so you are, so you're back at Hollywood and Vine. Um, what do you remember about when you first got into that game? What sucked you in? Well, it, it did have, you know, like, what's the iconic, like, Halo sound, like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it had, like, some version of that sound immediately where I was like, oh, that's pleasant. Like, yeah. I remember that feeling. <laughs> and then also just, I hadn't, you know, I just got, like, the like one of the first, like, huge curved 4K TVs, mm -hmm. like, that you could buy. Like, literally, it was, like, unless the guy was lying to me, which would be a great sales tactic, but, like, they like sent like 20 in total to LA and I had like the 11th or something. So it was like <laughs> just even putting a, a, a console onto that and like seeing it come up was like dazzling. I was like, holy yeah. shit, this is crazy. Like it could have been any game and I would have been like, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, and what I'd find out later is I did get other games. It wasn't just any game. Destiny was just such a beautifully designed game. And I immediately enjoyed like the player customization screens, the, the colors. Um, but I, I, one thing that I think sucked me in right away also is just that it didn't, it was the first game I ever bought that didn't come with a booklet. Oh my gosh. So yeah. There was no instructions whatsoever. Um, which again, is like now that's pretty normal. But back then it was like, I like literally was like, 
So what am I supposed to do? And it's just like, you're, you're in the world now. I'm like, but why? Like someone tell me what's going on here. <laughs> I need more information. Yeah. And in that process of kind of just like letting the game like play itself out. Yeah. It started to suck me in because it, it I, I had to, it, like if I wanted to see more of this beautiful world, I had to do more to like understand what was happening. Yeah. Um, that was a is still something that I I really miss is having those not to get distracted by just the instruction booklet thing but man I loved instruction booklets as a kid just like pouring over it sometimes after I started the game sometimes before so that was a pretty strange time when that started to happen and like you said that's just how it is now there's no instructions you right. the game oftentimes thankfully um will walk you through what you need to know there's tutorials. Sometimes they're a little heavy handed. Sometimes they're like seamless into getting you oriented to the game. So, okay. Isn't gotcha. it interesting that like, I, I don't know what was behind that choice, but looking back, I'm like, oh man, it must save a lot of paper or something. But then there's so many, like Amazon will send me the game in like a box inside of a box, inside of a bag, inside of a box. And I'm yeah. like, okay, what well, with the paper receipt, like, I'd, I'd rather just have the booklet than all this other stuff anyway. So I don't yeah. know. I think it's probably um uh, like for the the distribute the publishers or whatnot. It's like and the developers. Okay, cool. Now we don't have to spend time designing this book with all this stuff and also the cost of printing it and including it. I'm I'm assuming that's they were like, oh, we don't need to do this. And unfortunately, they are correct. Uh, okay, so you're getting into this game. Um, when you were playing, were you? playing by yourself or were you playing with people because like i told you i had a entirely solo experience with this game albeit years after it came out but what was your experience like so this is the most important question of this whole podcast oh boy and why i chose this game and why i think especially destiny one is like one of the most special gaming experiences ever i was trying to play it like it was halo because that's what I knew. There was no booklet. I didn't Google it or anything. I just was like, okay, let me play this game. And I, I started to realize, like, I'd go into a certain, you know, campaign or something and just get wrecked. And I'd use my old logic of, like, you know, the Pokemon days or the Mad yeah. days. Like, you know what? There's, got, there's some weapon I'm supposed to be finding or there's some. And when I, when I would do it, it, wouldn't, it still wouldn't matter. Yeah. And... It was really confusing, honestly. I was like, why is this game like the hardest thing ever? Like, and so at that point I did Google it and it was like, oh, like this is like a three man activity or this is like a six man activity uh, or woman activity. But that was actually the language they used, which I did note. Um, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, it was, yeah, this is a six man activity. So I'm like, well, I don't, I don't know anybody else who plays this game. I don't think yeah. since college I've like been around multiple people who want to play the same game. And that was when we were playing Halo, like at the baseball house in college where they had like eight TVs wired with <laughs> ethernet cords running yes. through the whole thing, like a fire hazard. <laughs> so I, I literally posted on Facebook and because of my Yahoo days, I had like, you know, as many Facebook friends as you could have, but I didn't know a lot of these people. Yeah. It was just like adding back when adding was like, cool. Um, and this kid named Caleb wrote me back and he's like, oh, I, I play that game. Like I got some guys. And Caleb at the time must've been like 18. Mm -hmm. And mind you, I was like 30, 31. Yeah. And Caleb's crew was his cousin. 
and his cousin's friends. His cousin was 15 and was about to turn 16, and everyone else was either 15, 14 through 16. Yeah. Because Caleb didn't even play that much. So what happened was this group of 14 through 16-year-old kids and I started playing all the time. And it's such a special time in my life because it's it's so fascinating. Like, we'd log on and we'd do these missions, but Destiny, again, like the raids and stuff, I'd never heard of a raid. I'd never heard mm-hmm. of some of these long-form video game, you know, experiences. But the yeah. raid would take, once you're good at it, four hours. If you're doing it for the first time, it could take eight hours. It could take Dang. your whole day. If I had been playing basketball, I wouldn't have even had time to, like, no. understand all this. But because I was newly unemployed... I would sit down with these kids and for eight hours we do this thing and we're just, there's a lot of like downtime while you're doing that. Someone's got to go to the bathroom. So we got to find someone new for the fire team. Yeah. We're just talking. And they would just ask me life questions because I had so much more life experience about them. Like yeah. honestly, oh, yeah. a lot of it was about like dating and girls and like, like, and like <laughs> them making fun of each other. Like, well, oh, like I'm not going to use anyone's real names, but like Tommy says you like, he'll never have sex with a girl in her butt. Like, what is that about? And I'm like, Guys, you're getting in some weird territory. Like, <laughs> and you know, it's like, but I was like kind of like a mentor to yeah. these kids. And like now, like, say Tommy, for example, he's like 23 or something. Like he's he's graduated from LSU. Like I just played Destiny 2 with him yesterday. And he's oh, like, nice. he's like, oh yeah, I'm thinking about moving to like either Oregon or California. It's like he's so grown, but I like was such an integral part of like helping him and all these other kids grow up. Yeah. While we were playing this game, because that's like all we would do. And they were just so like, they're also so like fascinated with me. I think just being like younger and meeting anyone who's like older sure. because I played basketball and like oh, yeah. I was living in Hollywood. They were just like, anytime a new friend of theirs would jump on, they'd be like, oh, Rod's like, he's like really plays basketball. And they'd be like, no, he doesn't like, he doesn't play <laughs> like sit, like prove it. And then they're like, they're, like, Google the and they're like, this isn't you on Google. This isn't you. I'm like, yeah, I don't know what to tell you, man. That's me. Like I, it was just such like a fun time and then like the game just what I loved about it so much and as like I played with them sometimes but I developed other friend groups on there like yeah it's the only game I ever played that like forced me to make friends mm. and I already had so many friends but it was like forced me to have friends who have this particular interest yes and so many of them were kids and it was just I don't know it's hilarious but it's it's one of the coolest things that's ever happened to me that's cool. You were such a Gandalf figure for these, <laughs> for the, for these kids. Uh, the gray or the white? Hopefully a little bit still gray. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Uh, that is that is really cool, though. There is such an allure to me because I've had so few experiences like this, but there is something seemingly so special about building, whether it's a new friend group or what, but like engaging with people online in like, you know, friendly manners, but also it forces you to step out of your comfort zone, it seems like. And you seemingly really did that with these kids. <laughs> like you said, very, coming from a very different place in life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it. I don't think it was out of my comfort zone, though, because, you know, as a basketball player, there's so many like things you have to do with kids all the time or like autograph oh, sure. settings and stuff like that. And they weren't, although they definitely were kids, they were mm-hmm like on the cusp of adulthood. And so the questions that they would ask me or the things we talk about were things that they like, that I wish someone had told me about adulthood. Sure. Like I, I didn't have, I didn't grow up with a, a father in my house, right? So mm-hmm. I learned everything either the wrong way or the hard way. And 
it felt like really cool to be able to kind of impart some of this like knowledge to these kids also. Cause it, again, they weren't asking dumb questions. They were asking like good questions. Like, yeah, they'd ask me like, well, where do you think I should go to college? Like I'm choosing between this school and this school and this school. And I was, and I'd be like, well, what are you looking for? Like yeah. certain things don't matter. Certain things do matter. And it, it really, you know, I don't know if I'll have children. Maybe I will, maybe I won't, but I damn sure want to be an uncle at least. Cause yeah. it, it was, it, I felt that I felt, I felt the the idea that you would tell a kid something and then they would not listen and come back the next day like hurt and be like, I should have listened to you. Like, yeah, well, I got no skin in the game, so I don't I don't hurt emotionally. I just feel good when you feel good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, I was I was thinking like it sounded like you were a cool uncle figure to these kids. It also sort of worked out that, you know, you're obviously almost double their age at that point for at least everyone seemingly except Caleb. But you're not also like out, you weren't out of touch and you weren't too old to where you couldn't relate to them on stuff. You had sort of just come out of a, well, you know, just, but like 10 years previously come out of a year or like a period of life that they're about to jump into. So I'm sure that was like super cool. Was that something that, you know, talking to these kids, was that something you had to develop or was it pretty early on that that was already happening? I'd love to know. Yeah, I would say it, it, it happened pretty early on. And What's interesting is that as, as I've gone forward in the game, like there's kind of a cap on age where I fully relate to the person I'm talking to mm-hmm. because now I'm 36. So a lot of times if I'm playing with people my own age, you hear like babies in the background or they're like, yeah. or, you know, a lot of people aren't living in like a Hollywood or like a creative, you know, life. They're just like in Michigan and they're like, you know, they got a dog and a wife and they, you know, go to work at the wherever, like selling yeah. insurance or something. So oddly enough, people like you and me in an environment like that relate more to the younger people than to the older people. Uh, because it's like the older people are just boring they, and it, it, they might be really good at the game, but they don't like, it's like, hold on guys. I got to go. Like, you know, my wife's here and it's like, Everyone's like, okay, we get it. You got a yeah. wife. And like, but if a kid leaves, it's like, oh man, gotta go. Like, my like friend's girlfriend just like threw toilet paper at us. I'm like, oh, tell me more. Like, <laughs> oh, like, get him back. Like, I don't know. It's like way more fun. I don't know. Yeah. I wonder, like, you said something, you were touching on the point that it is different for those of us who are leading, I guess, different sorts of lives. It almost does feel like we're on different. A different trajectory in what you, what I guess has normally been considered like a typical, like, I don't know, life path for people. Mm. Like I'm 30 and by the time my parents were 30, they had been married for a year and I was born. I'm nowhere near getting married or having kids or starting to um, even have those sort of traditional life experiences. So I think... That being the case, I I can agree with you on that. I do. I'm still going through a journey of like growing up and figuring things out, kind of like kids might be doing or even people just fresh out of college. Yeah. And I think it's also because I've really spent time thinking about this long before I knew you had a podcast, but Mm -hmm. the the way in which we make friends, like the person who is married with a kid and a dog or whatever, they generally aren't making a lot of new friends. And when they do, it's because their kids made friends. 
Mm-hmm. So it's it's interesting if you're going to play an online game and you're going to really connect with somebody consistently, it's got to be someone who doesn't have all these other responsibilities. Yeah. So it's just, it, you know, like in our world, we make friends all the time. Like you and I are, are now friends because everyone in our world is like pretty similar and mm-hmm. less responsibilities. We're less invested into uh, uh, one particular person or a couple particular people. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you have to skew younger to keep that door open, which is, I've thought about religiously, like the idea of a, I have a friend who owns a bar in Hollywood who's 50, although he looks like low thirties, honestly, but when he's around us, he's, you know, he's 15 years older than me. And I'm like 10 years older than a lot of people who might be at the bar. Right. Yeah. (laughs) But we're all in the same room because, and it doesn't feel weird because he's not, he's not, um, he's not rejecting his life responsibilities. It's like, sure. we're all in the same room based on what life has offered us. And interestingly enough, in a video game space that grows even further. Yeah. It's uh, really, I didn't, I had no idea talking about destiny that we were going to get into, you know, you mentoring these kids and, and these <laughs> uh, big questions about like why our lives have taken the shapes that they have. But but here we are. Um, I you've shared a bunch of really fun um, stuff about your about you know hanging out with these kids and playing with them and, and maybe even the other groups that you played with. Do you have any like um, like a specific memory of like an event that happened when you all played once, or is it more just like sort of generic vague memories like that? No, no, no. There's there's a lot of specifics. I mean. It's funny because, you know, it's a lot of like trash talking and it's mm-hmm. it's so easy to trash talk like a kid, right? Like, because they just don't have the same like knowledge bases you have or, you know, even if they would come at me sometimes, it's like, especially at that point, I'd be like, well, I'm rich in a penthouse in Hollywood. Like, <laughs> stop talking trash from like your mom's basement or whatever. Like, because yeah. they were literally in like the basement. Like, it wasn't yes. like a a stereotype, but... I know how this story is going to make me sound, but I'm going to say it anyways because I, I just say stuff. But there was a time where one of the kids was like, he had just posted a video uh, online on his like IG. I guess he was on like the JV basketball team or something. Yeah. And it's just a video of him like catching a, a, a pass and making a three. Yeah. And he's like showing to everybody and every like some people are hating, some people are hyped. Yeah. I don't know. We're probably might be in a lobby with like ten kids and me. And, and I, well, but I join in late and he's like, oh, did you see the video I posted? And I was like, hold on, let me look at it. And it's like, it's such a basic video, but I, I, I immediately remembered what it was like when I had something like that. Like the first time on camera, like a play of mine had been caught where I was like, I could watch this all day. Totally. Mind you framed against anything I ever did after that. It was nothing. But that first time was like so special to me. It's like, see, I can do it. And I knew that. And I knew that but I still clowned him because I knew how much it meant to him. Like, yeah. It, it, so I was, I was like, Oh, this video is like, it's not impressive. And we had this like long back and forth, uh, where everyone's just laughing. Like we're all just dying by the way. Like I was like super drunk. Like we're, I mean, they weren't drinking, but like my name at the time on Xbox was uh bet you I'm drunk. So people would sign on like, you're not drunk. I'm like, bet you I am like, I'm, just, I'm not working right now. Like, That's pretty funny. So, so, we're going back and forth and everybody's laughing. And he's like, he's like, well, you know, I bet like one day I'll be able to beat you one-on-one. And I was like, no, Do you remember you who you're talking to. <laughs> yeah. And he, and I, I was like, I was like, all right, all right, how about this? 
bet whatever you want. We can play to 11 right now. I'll give you 10. What would you bet on that? And he like said something like, oh, okay, like, you know, hundred thousand dollars. It's like he has like, to make one bucket basically. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I was like, I accept. And he's like, well, what do you get if, if uh, you win? And I was like, I get to have sex with your mom. And everyone's just like, no, no. Everyone like loses their mind. He's like, he's like, man, my mom, <laughs> my mom, like, no. And to, especially <laughs> like, like she has any agency in this at all. Like it's like yes. the way that he, like everyone reacted was like the world like exploded when I said that. It's that, that, that looping gif of those kids where they're like, oh shit. Uh, exactly. But if you're going to bet, you got to bet so big that, you know, the other person's not, doesn't mean it. He, he backed down so quickly again for something that could never actually happen. Like I yes. don't, it's not real, but you're it was all, just like so funny. You're all perform. It's like you're, it was like a little performance. Like you're all, you know, it's your stage was those lobbies and just talking to each other and, talking shit and and making jokes like that it's also it's that back and forth is perfectly like what i would imagine to be in a back and forth of the kid that age it's like it ends up with <laughs> someone saying like i want to bang your mom or something like that inevitably that's yes so Every, funny. I know it's funny because it's like <laughs> how easily especially at this point this is like months into us playing like I started to like speak their language a little bit. Yes. Where it's like, I wouldn't say that to any, I wouldn't never say that to you. Like, it's like, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm 16 too. Like, I'm going to sleep with your mom. Yeah. <laughs> My gosh. Uh, that's so great. Um, so it feels like we've gotten to talk about so much good stuff all around, you know, your relationship with this game. Um, unless there was anything you didn't get to share, uh, would you mind sort of like putting, uh, like putting a bow on what this game means to you before we do some fun end of the show segments yeah well one thing we didn't talk about really because i think the other stuff is more interesting is like the actual gameplay yeah i think is is it was so unique and so refreshing and it it really tapped into that like old pokemon like mindset of mine mm -hmm. where there's like so many ways to do the same thing so many weapon choices armor choices and i think a lot of that did tie into what the game was, even when it was with friends, you know, because a lot of the best stuff in the game and Destiny 1 especially, like Destiny 2's really changed, but early on, like to get the best weapons was like, you had to do something incredibly difficult mm -hmm. and then it was luck of the draw. Yeah. And, you know, there was a gun uh, called Gallahorn, which was one of these weapons, which is like an awesome rocket launcher. And, you know, I, I, was, I was in a random group at this point but we had one squeaker with us. Another word I learned playing this game, a kid who was like so young that his voice hadn't changed and a bunch of adults. And this is, this is one of the coolest things about this game. Truly. After we finished this raid, he got a Gallahorn drop and he started crying and he was oh like, my Oh my gosh, I got Gallahorn. And he's like, mom, I got Gallahorn. <laughs> and the rest of us grown folks, no one laughed or batted an yeah. eye. We were just like, hell yes, kid. Like, cause we all knew what that, feeling was and it wasn't like a time to clown it was like i might have cried too if i was that age like yeah and i just think that that's what that game did so well early is it just it didn't just bring people together like it really like we all were in the same boat so to speak yeah and it it, it was just it, I, honestly it's like crazy because a lot of online stuff is really negative mm -hmm. uh, especially if you're like black or a woman or you know yeah. stuff like that but 
for some reason, those early Destiny days, it was like so positive. Like everybody just was like, the negative was like you didn't get the gun. Yeah. And you like you hear someone like slam their controller. But when it like when it happened, it was like it was so peaceful and it was so like beautiful and everyone just like celebrated one another. Yeah. That's uh it, you know, having it's not like it's necessarily a dichotomy, but having that knowing when it's time to clown and to have fun and just screw with each other, and then when it's like, no, this is a pretty special moment. It's okay to like recognize that and yeah. and enjoy without making too much fun. That's that's so cool. Well, good for that squeaker. I'm happy for that kid. <laughs> um, cool. Well, uh, did you want to, did you feel like tying that in a bow? I feel like you've been. I thought that was my bow. I thought that, that was my moment. That's what it felt like to me. I just got to make sure that you didn't have an extra bow on your side that you felt like tying. So um, thank you, Rod, so much for sharing about your experience of that game. That was so much fun. What a mentor you are. Um, before we go, though, I do have two. Uh, post-show segments that I told you about that I have prepared for you based on Destiny. Uh, The first of which is, of course, the Fact Me by Your Game segment. And this is just where I share with my guest a couple facts about the game. Um, Today I've got an Easter egg and then a little factoid. So I'll start with the Easter egg. This is a a Master Chief homage. So um, Bungie, obviously we've discussed, was the who developed this game. Uh, Destiny and previously developed the Halo series wasn't afraid to shout out their boy Master Chief in Destiny 1 even though it's kind of subtle on Mars there is I guess there's a strike mission that you can go to where you fight this like big tank does that sound familiar Mm -hmm, at all mm -hmm. so um, there's also a building nearby where these three guards are hiding and um, when looking at the building from a distance um, not even that far away, just have to step out of it and sort of look. It shares a very obvious resemblance. It's it's basically just Master Chief's helmet. So oh wow, yeah. So I don't think I, I've ever known that. When I started to watch this video, and I for I usually share what video it is. I I don't remember what one it was. I was assuming it was gonna be like, oh, you look in this corner behind these bushes, and you would never see it, but there's a tiny little. Master Chief helmet. No, it's just like a building in the shape of his of his helmet. Um, so yeah, there's that little Easter egg. On strikes in that game, it's like you do it once and you're kind of like paying attention to the story. And then every yeah. time you do it after that, you're just trying to do it as fast as possible. You yes. have to repeat a lot of stuff in that game for people who don't know. So I would never notice a lot of details about strikes because I'm just like, okay, let's get through it. Let's get through it. Well, that checks out why it could be missed. Um, the second... And final fact I have for you, I have titled Activision, more like actively eroding the culture, am I right? (laughs) So uh, after Bungie separated from Microsoft Game Studios, they eventually landed a publishing agreement with Activision Blizzard because uh, in this particular, they they had like shopped it around or shopped around to find a new publisher. And the appealing thing about working with Activision Blizzard, I guess, was that they get to own the new IP, which would be Destiny. A lot of the other studios uh, wanted to own it themselves. So they eventually signed a 10-year deal with them. Um, these details leaked in in not Activision, the lawsuit that Activision is most recently known for, um, the like discrimination and sexual harassment lawsuit that they are going through right now. But oh, wow. um, there was a lawsuit against former Infinity Ward employees. So that's where some of these details came out. Um, years later... Uh, Bungie fired its longtime composer, Marty O'Donnell, who's also the composer 
of the Halo series, which you probably could have guessed, um, who at the time cited his belief that the Activision deal eroded the culture at Bungie, um, which I thought was just interesting to share because this last year, and not just this last year, but especially over the summer, a lot has come out about how pretty awful the culture is at Activision, so it's not entirely surprised that it would sort of leak in over there. I'm not sure if you're familiar with any of this stuff. Fully aware of all this, the Bungie-Activision split um, happened before Destiny 2, or maybe right at the start of Destiny 2, right. something around Destiny 2. Yeah. And, you know, I think what Activision's goal kind of was, was obviously to make as much money as possible, which I guess mm-hmm. is every company's goal. And what Bungie wanted to do was make the best game. And so Activision really started pushing a lot of the, you know, pay for play aspects of Destiny, which is a game people already had, you know, four or five years invested in. And now all of a sudden to do some of the most basic things, it's like, oh, like pay this amount of money or whatever. So it really um, eroded the game. You know, Destiny is the first game I played because this is before Fortnite where it had like dance moves. Yes. So yeah. I would I would like covet like sea walking and like the, the running <laughs> man and all these cool dance moves. And then when Activision got in, it essentially like made the price of those like real dollars and like quite oh. high. And then eventually, you know, I think because of the Fortnite uh, kind of lawsuits stealing dance moves, they were like, there's no like cool dance moves left in the game anymore at all. But you know, that was like the first, like every player started talking about how trash Activision was. Yeah. I actually follow one of the developers of Bungie on, uh, on Twitter. His name is oh. Christopher Barrett. And, uh, you know, when you hear, when you hear him talk and see other people from Bungie talk, they love working at Bungie. They think it's like, they never do any crunch. They produce nice. things that they really believe in. Their work culture is really great. But pre the Activision split, it was a lot of like, Bro, this is all bad. Like, I hate it here now. Jeez. Et cetera. So. It sounds miserable. Gosh. Um, yeah, not a lot of surprises there, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> well, that's it for the Fact Me Buy Your Games segment, and I'll lead us into the final one. That's the game recommendations. And, um, Rod, this is my one forced tie-in to the movie Call Me By Your Name. So I'm going to be treating Destiny as your army hammer, as your passionate summer love that you're going to eventually move on to. And... I don't know if it's going to be, you know, a rebound, someone at a left, something, a game at a left field, or even something that's like eerily similar to Destiny. Uh, that's what these are sort of based on. So okay. the first one is that if you want to play another team game based, uh, team online game based on raids, um, just with a completely different play style, I'd recommend World of Warcraft if mm. that's the sort of, if the community part, is something that you're missing, <laughs> you know, Activision Blizzard. Um, uh, <laughs> if you, if what you liked about Destiny was the space shooter elements, but you want to play like a retro space shooter um, from third person perspective, I recommend a Nintendo 64 game, Jet Force Gemini. Sort of a deep cut at this point. Wow, I was just about to say the word deep cut. <laughs> yeah, it's. It, I was just thinking about this game because yesterday Nintendo had a big presentation uh the nintendo direct which you probably saw the <laughs> the big news out of that was uh chris pratt playing mario <laughs> which is insane and terrible but anyway uh they announced that they'd be bringing some nintendo 64 titles to switch online a little collection and i was thinking that would be a cool game to bring there it's like sort of a deep cut 
one that people probably don't have access to now. Um, lastly, is if instead of being around a bunch of people, a bunch of friends, you want to play an isolating first-person shooter that's more based on exploration, I'll recommend to you Metroid Prime, which mm-hmm. was the you probably know probably are familiar with the Metroid series. It's the it's a GameCube title. It's considered one of the best GameCube games. Uh, it's the first first-person Samus shooter. So there's and Samus that. is my go-to person on Super Smash Brothers. Oh, nice, dude! You're using that charge beam, just blowing people away. Yeah, and he has I don't, it, it. Just well, he has this like tuck roll thing that like drops bombs out when he does his double jump. Yes, that I Morph like. Ball. I just don't like when he does his like or she, I guess, does yeah, the she. Um, super. She like loses her armor, and you have like half the abilities after. And I'm like, that's trash. So yes, got to really time that out well. Yeah, some of those final smashes are do interesting things to those characters. So anyway, uh, that'll do it for the game recommendations. And Rod, that'll actually bring us to the end of the show. Um, so before we plug anything and of course, plug whatever you'd like on the way out, uh, thanks so much for doing this, dude. It was nice to finally get to sit down and do your episode of this podcast and finally got to just give one back to Leonard today, finally. Yeah, I will say that, you know, I feel like I already plugged everything I need to plug earlier, but the thing that needs plugging is you, man. Like every single person, if you're listening to this, who's, you know, who knows Connor knows you're one of like the most genuine, cool people around. And like, I've had this conversation about you when you're not even in the room. Like every time we see oh, you the shucks. next day, we're like, Connor was there last night, right? Like <laughs> what a guy, man. What a guy. Like this plug is that Connor is that guy. And I appreciate you bringing me onto your podcast. Thank you. Um, I will be slipping you a crisp $5 bill for that uh, polite plug about me. I, I really appreciate that, Rod. That's really nice to hear from someone like yourself. Uh, but yeah, dude, thank you so much for doing this. Um, I'll close this out with some plugs of my own. Uh, the cover art for Call Me By Your Game is done by Glenn J. You can find him and his other great work on Instagram at, at Glenn with two N's dot J. A Y. I've already plugged the Patreon here over at Super NPC Radio. Uh, but yeah, we not only do a monthly co-op episode, but we're doing a Legend of Zelda Games Club series right now, which is our big ticket item at the DJ Toad tier. So check us out if you'd like to support at patreon.com slash super NPC radio. The show is produced by Jeremy Schmidt. You can find him and his great show, Video Games Comedy Show, anywhere you get your podcasts. I am on social media at Connor underscore McCabe. And sometimes I stream on Twitch at twitch.tv slash cons is cool 69. That'll do it for this episode of Call Me By Your Name. We will see you on the next one.